All right, all right, everyone, take your seats, please. We're about to begin. Today we're talking about schedules and rhythms. Take your seats, please. This is The Change Academy, a show where we talk about the tools and the strategies that can help you create sustainable, positive changes in your habits, in your mindset, and in your life. I'm Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagle. You know, we often talk about the importance of planning ahead and then, of course, sticking to the plan. But you've also heard us advocate for mindfulness, being attuned to your experience in the present moment. So what happens when being in the moment means that you don't feel like sticking to the plan? Which Hmm. one of those priorities should you honor? But that's easy. It's the plan, of course. (laughs) Right? It's easy. Done. (laughs) Episode over. I'll share with the listeners that as we were putting our notes together for this episode, I started to get the impression that Brock and I may come down on slightly different sides of this question. So I'm looking forward to exploring this and hearing what you all think. But first, this is the point in the episode where we share what we are working on, what the folks we're working with are working on. Yeah, and in this case, we're actually, this is um, some homework that we've assigned the people that we're working with. Our brand new cohort of members in our Wayless program just started their second week with us, or they're about halfway through their second week with us, and we've assigned them uh, an assignment or an exploration, I guess, is a better way to, to frame it, that I think is really, really important, not just for weight loss, not just for people who are working with us, but it can be a really great strategy to use just in your everyday life. We're getting them to make a, a scorecard of sorts of what they did sort of right or wrong during that day. Maybe instead of right or wrong, we should say things that align with their greater goal or things that maybe take them farther away from their greater goal. And and by doing that, we simply want to increase their awareness of the <laughs> multitude of decisions that we have every single day and become aware of what decisions they're actually making about, like when they're making them, why they're making them, how they're making them. And of course, in the Wayless program, we're thinking about how they eat and how they move throughout their day. But you can really use that through any part of your life, just that tracking and bringing awareness to all those decisions and how they're playing out in your day. Yeah, I think the key there is not so much the adding up your score of how many things you did, quote unquote, right or wrong, but it's that awareness thing that the practice just helps us be more aware of those choices and decisions while they're happening. Yeah, we certainly don't want to have anybody beating themselves up at the end of the day. This is supposed to be a a productive kind of a thing to do where you sit down at the end of each day. And actually, these are the instructions that we gave our, our Wayless members. Taking a few moments each day to review the day's wins and missed opportunities and to set an intention for the future is a gentle yet incredibly powerful way to cultivate permanent positive changes in your daily habits. So as you see, we're not keeping score. We're not beating ourselves up. We're actually using that to inform how we're going to proceed tomorrow or the next day or even an hour from now. So feel free to play around with that in your own life, the things that you are working on. Take a few minutes at the end of the day and just think through what went well, what could have gone better, and how you might use that information tomorrow. And we call it um, tracking your wins and missed opportunities, but I know the shorthand in the program has become tracking your wins and whiffs. (laughs) Use that. It's a little more fun. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the people that we work with in that program actually sent us an email that prompted this topic for this podcast. 
because I thought it was such a great topic for discussion. She wrote, I'm trying to find ways to honor my natural biorhythms by eating when I'm hungry, exercising when I seem to have the most energy, and going to bed when I'm tired. And that sounds easy enough, but sometimes it's difficult to do those things when you also have work and family responsibilities. Right. It really is. Oh, I think we all kind of struggle to reconcile those things. So I guess the first question is just, you know, is trying to stick to that schedule, is that making our lives work better or worse? Well, and where did that schedule come from in the first place is I want to take a step back because I think a lot of the time, just as we talk about our beliefs in our lives, aren't necessarily thought through and built and considered carefully by ourselves, we often inherit them from other people, other places, um, other sources. And, you know, there's this great book I've been reading for for a while now. I'm embarrassingly long I've been reading this book. It's so interesting, and I just want to get every bit of information out of it. It's a a book called The Alchemy of Us Mm -hmm. by Alyssa Ramirez. It's such a wonderful science book that actually tells the story of things so well that you'd swear it was fiction, but it's actually it's actually nonfiction. It's actually a science book. But one of the early chapters goes through when clocks were not only invented, because they were invented a long time before anybody actually had them, but when people actually started to have clocks in their lives and especially watches and alarm clocks eventually and of course the invention of artificial lighting how those two things actually took us from really living exactly the way that our listener wants to to honor and and obey the natural biorhythms that's how everybody just sort of lived their lives until this point when we actually could know when noon was and we could stay up past sundown without that much uh, without that much fuss and we can really trace a lot of our behaviors and a lot of our societal rhythms to those two inventions i just thought that was a, a really interesting place to start in this in this topic is like well we didn't really choose noon as being the time that we should be hungry to have lunch it kind of chose us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure we were always affected by the environment. Like before artificial lighting, of course, our sleep and wake rhythms were probably dictated by the sun going up and sun going down and, and that sort of thing. So it's not like there was no rhythm to our lives, but not artificially imposed by a timepiece. Yes. Well, not down to the hour or the minutes mm-hmm, or right. anything like that. It was really like if you're out working in the fields and you start to get hungry, it doesn't really matter what time your your watch says, you'd have something to eat and then get back to work. And if the sun went down, well, that's probably the end of your day. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And And that just sort of got me thinking too about those times when we are really immersed in what we're doing and we're we're maybe distracted or in that flow state that people talk about when you're really sort of unaware of the the passage of time how we can often do things like <laughs> like miss a meeting or or forget to pick our kids up from school or forget to eat lunch just because we're either like having so much fun working on what we're working on or we're so immersed in it and i think that is a really great reminder that <laughs> those time periods are those milestones during the day that we've been told like noon is for eating dinner time is at a certain time quitting time is is whatever we can totally forget about those and not even feel hunger even though we're well past noon because we're so busy and i think that that really just gives me 
evidence that much of our circadian programming, I'm going to call it, is is actually pretty optional. We can choose to follow it or not. Well, but you know, but that same phenomenon of being so absorbed that you forget to eat or don't go to sleep at the normal time, that could also be seen as evidence that those biological needs for food or for sleep maybe aren't always as concrete or biological as we think they are, because mm. they can retreat when something more compelling arises. But the other side of that coin is they can also show up very convincingly when we're looking to be distracted from something that we are not enjoying, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And I'm certainly not saying that we want to ignore those legitimate signals from our body when our body is signaling we need rest, we need sleep, we need food. I just think that maybe our in-the-moment desires aren't always a very reliable guide to what we actually need or want. At least, they're not for me. <laughs> maybe you're more evolved than I am, Brock, but you know, our lower brain, my lower brain, puts a big value on being comfortable and conserving energy, and it can easily convince me that I'm too tired to work out, or I'm not sleepy enough to go to bed yet, or I'm suddenly hungry when a plate of something delicious appears on the horizon. But my lower brain is usually not thinking about my larger goals or, or the long-term consequences of those desires. So for me, that making decisions ahead of time, even when that means kind of imposing a bit of an arbitrary or artificial schedule, can be a way for my upper brain to sort of stick up for its priorities. I suppose, I, I guess I might see this as more of a, a chicken and the egg kind of a, a situation. Like, have we arrived at this disconnect from our needs and our, our wants because we've lived in this programmed society for so long that mm. we haven't had to rely on it? And we haven't pushed the, the boundaries, really. Like, that's one of the things we work on in the weight loss program is just pointing out that hunger isn't an emergency most of the time, like it takes a long time for hunger to actually become an emergency. And by by not honoring our our systems for as long as we have, because we have these societal constraints that we just, well, noon is for eating and dinner times around six and and stuff like that. We've just kind of turned off that part of our brain and, and that disconnect is maybe causing causing this feeling that that you're describing now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm totally off base, but that's the way I sort of feel like we've We've convinced ourselves that we don't have this ability to know what we need. You know, it reminds me of the way that they talk about like um, dogs are really good at smelling their their surroundings and and can actually like create like a 3D map of sense in the area when they're sniffing around. And there's evidence that humans once were able to do that, too, but because we didn't need it with our evolving brain and our eyesight and stuff, we actually turned off that sense. And maybe that's a more extreme version of what I'm talking about here. Well, I mean, obviously, if we didn't have things like work and, you know, school and family obligations, it would be much easier for us to sort of just go through the day without a set plan or without a rigid plan and simply respond to our body's cues. And, you know, maybe if we did that more often, we would be more in tune with them. And, you know, now that I think of it, I think that's maybe one of the things that can be fun about being on vacation is that we get to do that for a short period right. of time, like not have a plan and just kind of, I don't know when we'll have lunch. We'll see when we get hungry. But for better or for worse, you know, if we want to function in the modern world, we usually do have to superimpose some degree of schedule 
on our lives, and that may not always be perfectly attuned to those natural biorhythms. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the sleep studies that they've taken people and actually put them in like a camping situation, but an extreme camping situation where there are no clocks and there are no smartphones and things around. And they actually can reset their their circadian sleep rhythm anyway, so much better when they're out in, in wilderness for one and Two, not actually knowing what time it is and just getting in into the cycle of sunrise, sunset can actually really help some people with some very extreme insomnia issues. So hmm. it's kind of what you were saying about uh, being on vacation. Well, isn't it interesting if you were taking your cues for sleep and wake from the setting sun and the rising sun, that would suggest that maybe your body needs a lot more sleep in the wintertime when the night is longer and less sleep in the summertime when the night is shorter. Why would the biological need for sleep alter that drastically from season to season? Unless you live at the equator, I suppose. Well, yes, fair <laughs> enough. Maybe that's just evidence that we shouldn't live as far north as, say, I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, because we do usually have to find some sort of compromise with this whole idea of natural biorhythm and externally imposed schedule, I think it's helpful to at least think about what rhythms do seem to work for you. Because some people do feel like they have more energy earlier in the day or their appetite is greater in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, whatever. So you do want to think about what your rhythms seem to be. Then you also have to take into account the rhythms of your family and you know maybe your boss. And do your best to build your schedule in a way that respects those rhythms, but acknowledging that it's probably always going to involve a certain amount of compromise, right? I think there's definitely some some give and take there. But I will just say that keeping a consistent schedule, so eating and going to sleep at the regular time at the same time every day, can actually help us be hungry and or sleepy at the right time. Do you know what I mean? Like going to bed at a consistent time can train your body to get sleepy at that time. So we can actually train ourselves a little bit to reduce the conflict between our body's cues and those external demands just by keeping that consistent schedule. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we talk about a lot about it, in order to achieve our, our greater goals, we want to do things like lower areas of resistance or remove hurdles from our from our path. Mm -hmm. And that can be one of the, the ways to do that is to have those specific plans. I like have that bedtime scheduled out, have the easiest path to success laid out. So planning ahead and scheduling and sticking to that plan is a really valuable tool. But I guess what I'm kind of <laughs> trying to advocate for here is that being in tune with your body can really be a helpful thing as well. And so setting ourselves up for success by having that plan, but also being willing to change that plan if it doesn't feel quite right on maybe just that particular day or in that particular circumstance or whatever that happens to be right in that moment can, I think that's a real superpower to have that flexibility. Yeah, I guess what we're really after here is to find that balance between sticking to your schedule, even if maybe you don't feel like it, but also paying attention to your needs. So it's worth a, a beat to consider, are you really too tired to work out? Or are you just feeling a little resistance to getting started? You know, are you really too hungry to wait until lunch or are you just kind of bored with the task you're working on now? I think it's at least worth asking those questions before abandoning the schedule. I was totally there about an hour ago. 
<laughs> I had I had my lunch really early because I was really frustrated with what I was oh. working on. <laughs> <laughs> it was not hunger that drove me there. It happens to the best of us. But, you know, another thing I think that we can use to try to reconcile this tension is that sometimes instead of abandoning the plan because it doesn't feel quite right, ask yourself if you can just modify it instead. Mm. So you could decide to honor your plan to exercise at the time that you planned, but in respect to how your body is feeling, you might adjust the intensity of your workout. Or you could try to stick to your eating schedule because it's just going to make your life work a little bit better, but feel free to modify your meal to respect your actual hunger level. So if you get to quote unquote mealtime and you're not finding yourself really hungry, you could decide just to have a smaller meal to sort of reconcile those two things. Just for the record, that is what I did because oh. <laughs> I wasn't that hungry I and realized that I just needed to distract myself. I just had a little peanut butter wrap and I know I'll, I'll go back and have a salad later. Right. Well... As I said at the beginning, um, this was sort of fun because Brock and I may not have been 100% on the same page of, of this. Um, Brock, I, I have the sense that you see schedules as sort of a necessary evil, but one that really comes at the expense of being able to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And I see schedules more as a tool for keeping our lower brains from subverting our progress. But of course, one that shouldn't be applied too rigidly. So Maybe instead of one set of takeaways, we should each share our own takeaways. You want to go first? Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. My first takeaway is that many of us don't have that much flexibility when it comes to our workday or our work week. And yeah, that can make it hard, but not impossible to still remain flexible. And then questioning whether or not what society is dictated for us actually allows us to consider other options. I mean, it's possible that you could have lunch at a time other than noon, <laughs> right? <laughs> and finally, honoring your needs and your wants in the moment can be a really powerful tool in your journey to create change. So don't forget to pay attention. Agreed, agreed. And here are my takeaways from our conversation. Making and sticking to a plan can keep you from getting derailed by those in-the-moment impulses that aren't aligned with your goals. And then another takeaway for me is that the most effective schedule is going to take into consideration the rhythms that work best for you whenever possible. Mm -hmm. And then finally, modifying your plan rather than abandoning it altogether might be a way to respect your in-the-moment reality and your long-term objectives. You know, actually hearing our our takeaways sort of together like that, we're not so different. No, just shades, (laughs) shades of meaning, not a whole different color. Yeah. All right. So lab experiment time. And this one I actually adapted from, oh man, back in the day, I took a project management course where I learned how to manage projects. And mostly I learned how to use some really scary software more than I learned anything else. But one of the things I did learn was this idea of flexible planning. And it was something that you were supposed to do with your team to to plan, but remain flexible while you're working through a project. And I sort of adapted it to, to fit today's subject. So I hope this is helpful for people. So the first step is to make sure that you have clearly defined goals in place. And it's really hard to to formulate any sort of plan or stick to it if you don't have clearly defined goals. Then the next step is to make some short-term plans. 
Now, this isn't necessarily the plan that's going to get you from the very, very beginning to the very, very end, but having some short-term plans in place to allow you to keep making some progress. Then the next step is to remember to trust yourself and let your gut actually express itself and listen to it. And the next step is to have a measurable way to track your progress. Now, that can be everything from weighing yourself every day if you're planning to lose weight or having a budgeting app that alerts you when you've spent too much in a day or a week or a month. Just some way to really have a measurable way to track whether or not you're staying on your path. And finally, remember to always give yourself a moment to think. Don't force it one way or the other, whether you're sticking to societal's rhythms or you're listening to your own biorhythm. Just take a minute, take a deep breath, and listen to yourself. I like it. Well, as you can see, we get some of our best ideas from you, the people listening to this podcast. So I want to invite you, if you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to debate or, or agree on, um, you can send it to us by email. You can email us at hello at changeacademypodcast.com, or you can go to our website. This is super fun. And you can record us a message using a fancy program that Brock installed on our website. So that's at changeacademypodcast.com and click on leave us a voicemail. It's always extra fun to hear your voices. And we won't use your voice in the episode unless you give us permission. All right. That's it for this time. All right. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget to go to changeacademypodcast.com and send us a message.